the goal is to become the go-to source for invest, investing advice and wisdom. And if you are the go-to source, you're a pretty credible person. Next is education. So you can use your thought leadership platform to create your own customized educational program. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's uh, brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him in Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome back another episode of the syndication school series which is a free resource focused on the how-to's of apartment syndications as always i'm your host theo hicks so each week 
we air a two-part podcast series, in this case a four-part podcast series, about a specific aspect of the apartments vacation investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we offer a document or spreadsheet or some other resource for you to download for free. All of these documents, as well as past and future Syndication School episodes, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be part four of the four-part series entitled The Power of Your Apartment Syndication Brand. Now, I highly recommend that you listen to the first three parts before listening to this episode, because this episode is going to be an accumulation of those three parts and the ultimate final component of the brand, which is the Thought Leadership Platform. So in part one, which was episode 1534, you learned the primary benefits of creating a brand, as well as why and how to define a target audience for your brand. And then we discussed the first three components of the brand, which are the company name, the logo, and the business card. In part two, which is episode 1535, we talked about the fourth component of the brand, which is the website. So we discussed how to create a website and ways to increase your website traffic and convert your viewers. And then in the third part, we discuss the fifth component of the brand, which is the company presentation. So we outline the purpose of the company presentation, how it's used, and also the seven-part company presentation document, which we also offer a free document, which is a company presentation template for you to use as a guide to create your own presentation, which you can download at syndicationschool.com for free. Now, in part four, as I mentioned, we're going to go over the sixth and final component, which is the thought leadership platform. So by the end of this episode, you'll learn what a thought leadership platform is, how to select a thought leadership platform, the keys to a successful thought leadership platform, the process for developing a thought leadership platform, as well as addressing the objections you likely have to creating a thought leadership platform. So a lot to go over this episode, so let's dive right in. So what is a thought leadership platform? Well, the outcome of the thought leadership platform is to attract your 2,000 true fans, which is your primary target audience, which you defined in part one of this series, episode 1534. So if you want to achieve massive levels of success in apartment syndication, then a thought leadership platform is an absolute must. And as I mentioned in part one about how important the brand is, The thought leadership platform is the foundation for your brand. So, specifically, what a thought leadership platform is, well, an example is you're listening to one now, but specifically, what a thought leadership platform is, is an interview-based online network where you consistently offer valuable content to your 2,000 true fans for free. And the five benefits of the thought leadership platform are the same five benefits of the brand as a whole, which are one, credibility. So with your thought leadership platform, the goal is to become the go-to source for best investing advice and wisdom. And if you are the go-to source, you're a pretty credible person. Next is education. So you can use your thought leadership platform to create your own customized educational program. Three is networking. So you can create and cultivate new relationships with potential investors, team members, and business partners, as well as reinforce existing relationships with your thought leadership platform. Four is contribution. So by having your thought leadership platform, you're also not only helping yourself in regards to education, but you're also helping others 
with their education. And since your thought leadership platform is going to help you grow your business, the investors who are investing in your business will also benefit by being able to find you for investment opportunities and achieve their investment goals. Then lastly is the potential for cash flow through sponsorships. Now, we're not going to discuss this on the podcast, but if you go to syndicationschool.com or the show notes, you can download a free document for this episode, which is how to structure sponsorships on your thought leadership platform. So it's a guide to how to essentially monetize your thought leadership platform. So overall, the purpose of the thought leadership platform is to stay top of mind with and be credible in the eyes of your 2,000 true fans, your primary target audience, your passive investors, along with the secondary benefits of education, contribution, and the cash flow. So how do you select a thought leadership platform? Let's use Joe as an example. So Joe's first thought leadership platform was a podcast, which you're listening to now. And then from there, he expanded to other platforms, which are a meetup group, newsletter, YouTube channel, blog, conference, books, and a Facebook group. So all of those are examples of thought leadership platforms. And we recommend that you follow the similar strategy of starting with one and then focusing all of your attention on that. And then once that is a self-sustaining machine, you can grow and expand from there. So pick one of these following thought leadership platforms. A YouTube channel, a podcast, a blog, a newsletter, or a Facebook group. So, how do you know which one's the best for you? Ask yourself, what would you enjoy and prefer doing? So, let's say, for example, that you really like speaking, but you don't like the prospect of being on camera or talking in person because you get stage fright or, I guess, video fright. Well, then your best option would be a podcast. Well, let's say you don't like to speak but you like to write. Or let's say that you enjoy speaking, but you're afraid to do any sort of speaking or video thought leadership platform because you have a full-time job and if your boss finds out he's not going to like how you're spending your spare time, well, then your best option might be a blog. Or let's say you enjoy speaking and you're comfortable on being on camera, but you don't want to actually speak in person, then the YouTube channel would be your best option. Or let's say you enjoy speaking you're comfortable being on camera and you're comfortable speaking in person, so essentially you're a rock star, then the meetup group might be best for you. Now the last two, the newsletter and the Facebook group, you should do those regardless because those are places for you to post and share your content. So whether you enjoy or prefer doing those, doesn't really matter. You need to make a newsletter and a Facebook group. So Based off of Joe's experience and my experience with having over 1,500 episodes for the podcast that generates over 350,000 monthly downloads, as well as creating hundreds of blogs and YouTube videos, writing multiple books, hosting meetup groups for years, hosting two conferences, these are the five keys that we've discovered to creating a successful thought leadership platform. Number one is it must be interview-based. Because remember, one of the main objectives of the thought leadership platform is to increase your credibility, to be perceived as an expert apartment syndicator, as well as to network with investors and team members. And the only way to accomplish this is to actually do interviews. So from a credibility perspective, 
you are going to position yourself as a go-to resource for the best info, advice, and strategies because you're going to be interviewing the most successful real estate professionals. And as you do that, your audience will grow as well as your reputation, which will allow you to attract even better guests. And when you attract even better guests, your audience and reputation will continue to grow even more, which will allow you to, again, have that credibility and expertise perception, which will allow you to attract more passive investors. From a networking perspective, you're able to speak with people who are active and successful. And in fact, as I mentioned in a couple of syndications global sales before, you'll be able to network and speak with people that it would have been impossible for you to do otherwise. So for example, Joe has spoken to Tony Hawk, Emmett Smith, Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran. And the majority of those were before he had done many syndication deals. But the reason he was able to do that is because he had a podcast that he posted consistently that had a following of active real estate professionals. And if you think about it in the long term, if you just do one interview per week for two years, that's over 100 conversations with successful active real estate investors. So look at that from many perspectives. From an educational perspective, you're going to learn the best advice from over 100 people. And then also think about the networking opportunities from speaking to these 100 people and then having access to people that, that they know. And it's a runaway effect from there. So that's number one. It must be interview-based. Number two is... You must consistently post content. So your audience needs to know when to expect new content. If you post new content sporadically, then you're building less rapport and therefore have less loyalty from your listeners. And it also comes with less credibility because you're not perceived as someone who is consistently posting content. So what you do is pick a frequency daily, a few times a week, every Tuesday or Thursday, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, even if it's twice a year, pick a frequency and stick to that frequency no matter what, with the only exception being you increasing the frequency. So if you start off by posting once a month, then you cannot go to posting twice a month. You must stick to at least once a month. But from there, you can go to maybe bi-monthly or weekly. And then you go to bi-weekly, then you go to daily. And the reason why is because think about something that you really like. So pick, your, say, a TV show or a movie or a sports team. Do they have their games or their TV shows just randomly posted without the notice of the audience? Or are these things scheduled months or years in advance? It's the latter, not the former. They don't have random basketball games that you don't know when it's going to happen. And the reason why is because that increases the anticipation because they know it's coming, as well as the loyalty because, again, they know when this content is going to be coming so they can plan to listen to it accordingly. So it's going to be very difficult at first. I guess it depends on the type of personality you have, but it could be hard at first to stick to your frequency because you're not going to have the momentum and habits from doing it for months at a time. And you're also not going to have the motivation from having a large following because when you first start out, you're only going to have a couple of people listening to your podcast or reading your blog. So that's why it's extremely important for you to actually create a schedule that's at least a month out in advance, ideally two months, of the content that you're going to create. So essentially you want to create an editorial calendar for the frequency of content as well as the topic. So if it's a blog, 
What are you going to blog about? If it's a podcast, who are you interviewing? So have that calendar. So for example, if you want to post a podcast once per week, then you want to have at least five episodes recorded before launching. So that means you have five weeks worth of content. And then as long as you record one new interview a week, then you'll always will be five weeks ahead of schedule. So you five episodes, then schedule out five weeks worth of episodes, and then each week schedule one new episode. And that way you'll always be five weeks in advance. And another benefit is that you're increasing your chances of being featured on the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. So if you want, you can actually release all five of those episodes once a day for five days. So have 10 episodes pre-recorded, release five days in a row, and then do one weekly. And if you do that, you'll increase your chances of being on that new and noteworthy section, which will give you a huge boost and a huge head start. So overall, pick a frequency, so daily, monthly, weekly, whatever, and then create a content calendar that's at least one month out in advance. So that's number two, consistent content. Number three is to tie into a large built-in audience. So don't start from scratch. Start by tapping into a platform that already has a large existing audience and leverage that audience. So for example, Bigger Pockets has 1 million members. iTunes has 70 million monthly podcast listeners. YouTube is used by over a billion people. Various social media sites are used by over 80% of the population. And you've got WordPress as the world's biggest blog. So rather than just simply posting content on your website, tap into these existing networks. But even though you are tapping into this large existing network, don't expect to see quick results. So don't expect to really see any results for at least six months. And then to see some results that, I guess, put a smile on your face, expect to wait at least one to two years. Just like apartment syndications, building a brand is a long-term game. But once you've posted content consistently and followed these keys for a year, you are going to see results. And maybe even sooner, depending on how well you structure your thought leadership platform. That's number three, tying to a large built-in audience. Number four is going to be uniqueness. So Tim Ferriss says, be unique before trying to be incrementally better. And what that means is focus on creating very unique content specific to you first and then focus on how to grow your audience rather than trying to focus on what are the best ways to grow your audience and not focusing on what you're actually good at and what your talents are. Because we all have a unique talent. We're all unique. We have different backgrounds, areas of expertise, personalities, passion, interests. So you need to figure out what your unique talents are and then figure out how to incorporate that into your thought leadership platform. Now, one way to determine your unique talents is to ask other people. So there's a four-step exercise called the Unique Capability Survey, which is from the 80-20 Sales and Marketing book by Perry Marshall. And the four-step process is to, one, create a list of five people that you've known for at least a year that aren't family members, (laughs) because our family members may not give us the best responses. So create that list. Number two is ask people on that list, what is my unique ability and what do I do naturally better than most? Then three, categorize their responses based off of things that are mentioned by everyone and then things that are mentioned by at least two people. And then based off of those categories, determine your giftedness zone. And this giftedness zone 
are your unique talents that were confirmed by others. And you will use these to create your unique thought leadership platform. So, for example, when I perform this exercise, my three responses that were either said by everyone or said by a few people was one, I was funny. Two, I was very detail-oriented. And three, I was personable. So, since I was personable, I decided to start a YouTube channel. And I tried my best to incorporate my humor into that YouTube channel, as well as getting into the weeds with the information I was discussing. So very detail and data oriented. And again, I wouldn't have known what I was best at without asking those people because I would never have said that I was personable or, or detail oriented. That's just me. Maybe you know what you are good at objectively and don't need to do this, but still I recommend doing it just to confirm your assumptions. Now another strategy to either do instead or in addition to implementing and incorporating your giftedness zone is to incorporate your area of expertise into your thought leadership platform. So, for example, if you have a background in construction, then you can have a thought leadership platform that is about hands-on tips from your experience, and then you can extract what questions to ask others during the interviews. Let's say you have a background in direct sales. Well, you can create a thought leadership platform that focuses on sales techniques and how that applies to attracting passive investors or team members or deals. Or let's say that you are a marketing executive or I guess a marketing manager. Then you can do a podcast or a YouTube channel with marketing tips for finding deals or finding residents after you have a deal under contract. So those are two approaches. But overall, the idea is to make your podcast or YouTube channel or thought leadership platform unique based off of either your giftedness zone or your area of expertise, or ideally both. That's number four, uniqueness. Number five, and lastly, is to educate while you're entertaining. So, who is more famous, LeBron James or Mrs. Wrinkle? The answer is LeBron James, or your answer is probably, who the heck is Mrs. Wrinkle? Well, Mrs. Wrinkle was my first grade teacher, so she was a great educator, but the reason why she wasn't LeBron James status besides her... I guess physique, <laughs> was that she was not an entertainer. So people prefer to be entertained more than they prefer to be educated, which is fairly self-evident, but still worth saying. So take this into consideration when you're structuring your thought leadership platform and ask yourself, how can I entertain my listeners while also educating them? And let's use Joe's podcast as an example. So rather than just having a dry interview format that's the same every single podcast, instead Joe has some engaging intro and outro music. He also has different types of podcast episodes each week. So obviously there's syndication school that you're listening to. And then he has his Monday, Tuesday interviews where he just interviews regular guests. And then on Fridays, we do Follow Along Friday where me and Joe go over our business updates for the week. And then there's Situation Saturday, where Joe has a conversation with an investor about a sticky situation that they were in and how they overcame it. And then on Sunday, there's Skill Set Sunday, where Joe interviews someone to extract a specific skill set that that investor has and how that applies to real estate. Also, Joe concludes his episodes with the Best Ever Lightning Round, where he asks them questions about their favorite book, their best deal, their worst deal. He also has a name for the listeners, so the best ever listeners, 
which is what we use when we introduce each podcast. We've also incorporated a trivia question of the week into following Friday. And so those are all podcasts. And then for just another example, we've created a quiz for the blog. So an engaging quiz that allows people to test their knowledge rather than just absorbing information. Those are all just some examples of how to create entertaining content, educating at the same time. So brainstorm some ideas for your thought leadership platform. Either copy Joe's exactly, which you probably don't want to do, but it could work. I'd recommend just using Joe's as a guide and then incorporating your giftedness zone and your area of expertise into how to make your podcast or YouTube channel or thought leadership platform entertaining while educating. And a good question to ask yourself after creating content to determine if you're actually entertaining people is to ask yourself, will my target audience love this content so much that they will feel compelled to share it with their friends? Because if your audience is sharing it with people, that's the ultimate validation of your content. So, of course, you want to track what content was shared the most in order to optimize your content on an ongoing basis. So those are the five keys to success. Again, those are having an interview-based thought leadership platform. Number two, posting on a consistent basis. Number three, tying into a large built-in audience. Four, uniqueness. And five is to educate while entertaining or entertaining while educating. Now, let's get into the specifics on how to actually develop your thought leadership platform, which is a five-step process. Now, number one is ask yourself, what is the goal? Well, the goal of the thought leadership platform should be to help you achieve your 12-month goal and long-term vision, which, if you don't know what those are, listen to episode 1513 and 1514. So, based off of those goals, you want to list out how your thought leadership platform will help you achieve those goals. So, for example, let's say you believe your thought leadership platform is going to help you find deals, build trust and a personal connection with your investors, as well as help you with your education. Well, then you want to create a mission statement that is specific and quantifiable about how it will help you achieve those goals. So, for example, based off of those finding the deal, building trust and personal connection with investors and education goals, my mission statement would be, I will research apartment owners in my target market, invite at least one per month to be an interview guest on my podcast, build a relationship with them, and ultimately purchase their apartment communities in the future. So that covers goal number one. By interviewing active real estate professionals once a week, including these owners, my target audience will get to know me faster resulting in a higher level of trust and confidence in my ability to successfully invest their money. So goal number two, build trust and personal connection with investors. When I stick to interviewing one real estate professional per week, which equates to 52 per year, I will grow smarter. In turn, this will help me execute my business plan. So goal number three, which is the education. So that's the first thing you want to do. Determine what the goal is and create a mission statement for how specifically and quantifiably you will accomplish that goal. Number two is to ask yourself, who is my target audience? Which, if you've been following the syndication school series in order, you should have already done. If you haven't, go back and listen to episode 1534 where you will define your primary target audience, which is specific demographic information on the type of person you want investing in your deals, which more than likely will be your current circle of influence. So people that you already know. But you also want to define a secondary target audience. So we 
briefly hit on this during episode 1534, but your secondary target audience are people that you want to know, people that could be potential team members, or other people that you want to attract. So say, for example, your goal is to eventually have a consulting program, well, then your secondary target audience could be people who are interested in becoming apartment syndicators. Or maybe secondary target audience is people who can bring you deals. So there's examples. Again, it depends on what you're trying to get out of it on top of attracting passive investors. So once you have your primary and secondary target audience, you want to add those to your mission statement. So for example, Joe, in the statement for this part would be 65% of my content is directed at my primary audience who are 35 to 65 year old males who are accredited investors. And 35% of my content is directed at my secondary target audience who are individuals who want to become apartment syndicators. So that's number two. Who is the primary and secondary target audience? Number three is why will they come? Because if you build it, they will not necessarily come. So questions to think about for this particular step in the process are why does your target audience need the information you will provide? What solutions to their problems can you provide with your thought leadership platform? What's in it for them? How will they benefit? Why will they become a loyal follower of your content and not the thousands of other real estate related thought leadership platforms? And finally, what qualifications do you have that make you the go-to person for this information? So I recommend writing out a couple of sentences in response to each of those questions and then take those answers and incorporate them into the description for your thought leadership platform as well as the name. So for example, Joe's podcast is the best real estate investing advice ever because the reason why people will come is to learn the best advice ever from real estate professionals. And his description is, are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Welcome to the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals as they give you their best ever advice with no fluff. Joe controls over $400 million in real estate, but started with $0 in 2009. He went from buying single family homes worth $35,000 and moved up to raising money and buying large apartment communities with investors. He has made mistakes, money, and friends along the way. So click play now and see why this is one of the top investing shows on iTunes. So if you kind of break down that description, he starts off with a question. They're going to respond with, yes, I want to know what the best advice is ever. He also mentioned that it's the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. So again, that's a qualification. He also talks about what the podcast is actually about and what they'll be getting out of it by listening to it, which is the best advice from real estate investors with no fluff. And he also discusses more qualifications as to why people should listen to him, which is that he owns $400 million of real estate and started with $0 in 2009. And finally, he ends with some honesty where he says, you know, I've made mistakes, money and friends along the way. So again, all of that is to attract that listener and answer that question, which is why should I listen to this podcast? Well, that's covered by the title and the description, which takes us into step four, which is what is the name of your thought leadership platform? So again, ponder those questions from the previous step and create three to five names based off of the answers to those questions, as well as your goal 
and your target audience, and then ask for feedback from your target audience, preferably, or just your circle of influence, and select the most popular name. And for help or guidance on how to create a name if you're kind of stuck, I recommend going to iTunes and taking a look at the names of some of the most popular podcasts in the real estate investing industry and using those for guidance. Lastly, step five is how will the thought leadership platform flow? So some questions to think about are, what will be the specific structure of your thought leadership platform? Will your content be your own or will be presented in interview form, which you already have the answer to, interview form? How often will you create content, which you should know when you picked and committed to your frequency? How often will you create content? How will it start and end? So if you're doing a podcast, how will it start and end? Will it be the same each time or will it be different? How long will the content be? So for a blog, you're going to do 1,000 words or it's going to be 15,000 words if you're feeling bold, or how long will each podcast episode be? And will the content be unique, or will it follow a standard template each time? So for example, Joe's got Fall on Friday, Situation Saturday, and Syndication School, so it's going to be unique each episode. And same thing for blogs. We write blogs based off of interviews, we write blogs based off a specific topic, we do picture blogs, we do blogs based off of questions to the Facebook community. So, for example, the flow of a podcast... Joe's podcast in particular, one specific type of podcast, is starts off by briefly introducing the guest. Then Joe asks the guest to provide more information on their background and what they are focused on now. Then the meat of the podcast is asking questions related to their given field. So if it's a real estate investor, Joe asks deal-specific questions. If it's not a real estate investor, then he asks questions to extract skill sets that might be relevant to investors. Then he asks the money question, which is, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Once they answer that question, Joe goes into the best ever lightning round and then concludes the episode by providing a summary of information provided by the guest. So what you want to do is you want to create a similar list of exactly how your podcast, YouTube channel, or thought leadership platform is going to flow. And one of the reasons why you want to do this, besides the fact that you want to determine this information is that you want to send this info to any interview guests so they know what they're getting into. So as I gave that example structure, the interview guests would know beforehand that it's going to start off by them being introduced and then they're going to have to give more information on their background and they're going to be asked questions about their related field, answer the money question, as well as the question from the best ever lightning round. So that's a five-step process to actually develop your thought leadership platform. Number one is what is the goal? Number two is who is the target audience? Number three is why will they come? Four, what is the name of your platform? And five, how will it flow? Now, I know we're a little bit over time here, but I still want to go over this last section, which is addressing any objections you may have. And the top three objections to creating a thought leadership platform are one, I just don't want to do it for whatever reason, most likely because it gives you anxiety speaking or being on video or speaking in person kind of gives you anxiety. Number two would be that I don't have the time to do a thought leadership platform, which is probably the most common. And then three is I don't have the money to do a thought leadership platform. So let's go over all three of those quickly as well as what you need to do in order to overcome those objections. So in regards to not wanting to start a thought leadership platform for anxiety reasons or commitment reasons, 
Well, think about it from this way. Regardless, you're going to have to commit to something. You're going to have to do something with your life. And do you want that to be a thought leadership platform that could potentially lead to you launching a multi-million dollar apartment syndication empire? Or do you want that commitment to be working a nine-to-five job that you dislike? Now, maybe you like your job. Maybe it's some other reason why you don't want to do it. But overall, you need to keep in mind that the thought leadership platform is the key to your success. It is the foundation of your business. It will help you educate yourself and others. It will help you build that credibility that you need when you're first starting out because you haven't done a deal before. And it will help you and others achieve their financial goals. So what holds a higher priority in your mind? Those benefits or the anxiety or the dislike or whatever it is why you don't want to do a thought leadership platform. So which one would you rather have, one or the other? You got to choose. Do you want the benefits of the thought leadership platform with the downsides of the potential anxiety up front? Or would you rather not have that anxiety and continue doing what you're doing right now? Ultimately, it's up to you. The next objection is they don't have the money. And the question to ask yourself for that one, as well as to ask yourself if you're saying, I don't have the time, is to ask yourself, how have these similar excuses served you in the past? So think of something that you haven't done in the past because you didn't have the money or time and what that outcome was. And to overcome both of those objections, what you want to do is brainstorm ways to prioritize things in your life in order to accomplish the goal of starting a thought leadership platform. So if you don't have any money, a potential solution would be to focus on using free tools for your thought leadership platform and your website. Or if you don't have the money to shell out and buy a nice microphone or some fancy video editing software, then just record your interviews with your cell phone or laptop, which you already have. If your objection is I don't have the time, well, it will take a maximum of 30 minutes a day to create a thought leadership platform if you're doing weekly or monthly content. So ask yourself, how can I create 30 additional minutes per day? Does that mean reducing the amount of time you're on social media or watching TV? Does that mean waking up 30 minutes earlier each day or staying up 30 minutes later? Now, if you have the money, another solution is to hire team members to reduce your workload. So maybe all you do is the interviews and have team members who set up the interviews, edit the interviews, and post the interviews. Or you can forego all of that and just do all of the content creation on the weekend. So block an hour every Saturday morning instead of sleeping in, get up an hour earlier and work on your thought leadership platform then. So these are a few potential solutions, but ultimately it's up to prioritizing your time because everyone has 24 hours in a day. So it's prioritizing those 24 hours to fit this thought leadership platform in to your schedule. And the reasons why are, again, because of all those benefits. It's going to be the key to your success. You need this thought leadership platform. So, again, I know we went a little bit over time, but to conclude, this is part four of the four-part series about the power of the apartment syndication brand. In this particular episode, you learned what the purpose of the thought leadership platform is, how to select the thought leadership platform, the five keys to success of the thought leadership platform, which is it being interview-based, posting content consistently, tying into a large built-in audience, making it unique, and educating while entertaining. Then you also learned the five-step process to actually develop your thought leadership platform, 
And lastly, we went over some strategies to overcome any objections that you have. And of course, the free document for this episode was the guide to structuring sponsorships on your thought leadership platform. So eventually, you will be able to monetize it with sponsorships, assuming you've grown your audience and have followed the five keys and developed your thought leadership platform properly. So thank you for listening. To listen to parts one through three, as well as the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications, and to download all the free documents we have available, make sure you visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.